Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That on. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are coming to you live on Wednesday, November 16th, 2016. This is Franchise Episode number 87, all time. Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air, as well as tweet us questions or comments that we will read on the show. For more info on how to do all of that, go to letsgoblues.com radio. Uh, you, you can also follow us on Twitter at LGB Radio and uh, send us your tweets. And um, that way, my name is Kurt Price. And tonight, joining me, Mr. Bill Day. Bill, how are you? I am well, sir. Thank you very much. We are not really sure where our uh, other cohort in crime is. I haven't heard from him in a couple days. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, if you're out there, uh, send us a, a tweet or a text or something. Let us know you're okay, buddy. If you're in danger, uh, send us one tweet. If you're not, send us two. <laughs> like, get access to Twitter. Yeah. He's tied up in a basement. Um, the official beer we have we have two tonight, uh, Bill uh, of episode eighty-seven. What is your beer this evening? <clears throat> my beer is Old Rasputin. Uh, it's uh, one of my uh, all-time favorite Russian Imperial stouts. Been drinking it since uh, the late nineties when uh, you know I first really started drinking. So. Uh, usually pick up a four pack at least once a year and uh it's that time of year and i'm enjoying it how about you sir uh i am joining you this evening with a beer and i have the uh dirty blonde chocolate ale brewed by the great river brewery um and it is uh, pretty fantastic um had it uh i guess a couple months ago for the first time maybe a few months ago uh at uh, mcgurk's in st louis and uh, I found it at Schnucks, so I picked up a four pack, a four four pints, or nine and change. So it's uh, it's pretty good, and I'm enjoying it in the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill mug that someone could win should they beat you in trivia. So that's a visual for those on the podcast later. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, midway through the show, after we've let me fix my chair here. Midway through the show, after we've rolled through our topics, 
uh, we'll open it up for anyone to jump on and join us live on the air to chat blues hockey with us uh, or really anything you want to talk about uh, to chat with us on the air you will just click on the button below the live stream that will be uh, available when we open the show up on, on letsgoblues.com slash radio um, this Saturday is the uh, the tournament the Clace Classic Roller Hockey Tournament that Bill and Jeff and myself are playing in um, all skater spots and goalie spots are full, but uh, come on by and have a, a beer, some food, uh, and watch some hockey. Uh, proceeds go to so a portion of the proceeds go to support the Clay's family uh, with some medical expenses expenses they are experiencing, and we'll help them out. It's in Queenie Park in Baldwin, Missouri. Uh, Saturday at, starts at four o'clock and yeah. goes until midnight. And the teams were drafted this past weekend, and uh, I went for uh, $3. And Kurt, the, uh, you know, what, second-leading scorer, second-leading goal scorer, third-leading overall scorer in the uh, Ponder Cup tournament. And, and, and leading scorer in the playoffs. Uh, don't forget that part. Yeah, leading scorer in the playoffs. How much did you go for, buddy? $2. $2. Somebody, somebody got a bargain. Yeah, somebody got a great bargain. So... <laughs> Like I told you, uh, that's more money to be spent on other players for our team. So, and like I told you, fucking socialist. <laughs> um, I told you I'm gonna put a a two dollar tape, a two dollar uh thing to my helmet, so everyone will know how much I went for when I'm playing. Hopefully, hopefully they'll say he went for two dollars. Well, shoot, we should have paid more to get him, or or it'll turn out where they they say, oh. That's why he was only two dollars because it sucks. <laughs> we got what we paid for. Exactly. Exactly. Don't yeah. cover him. He's only worth two dollars. I could. I could just totally. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I. Hopefully, I. I perform above my two dollar uh, price tag. Yeah, and uh, you know, just if anybody is thinking about coming out to uh, to catch some of the action, uh, Kurt's team uh, will go up against my team in the second game of the tournament. I believe it's what uh, four fifty start. Uh, it, the, there's uh, halves are fifteen minute halves, <clears throat> so I think our our starts at four. Well, the uh, the puck drop is four oh five or some four ten something like that. So like four forty maybe I think four forties yeah so it's not not traditional uh, hockey periods uh, you know to in order to get a whole round robin tournament in uh, in one day it's uh, yeah half hour games two fifteen minute halves so a um, little different but a hell of a lot of fun for those of us that are playing it'll be a good time it'll be a lot of hockey I think our team plays every other game for four hours. <laughs> so we'll have a, we'll have a nice little go over there. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the uh, STL Blues History Twitter account. Give it a follow. If you do not follow it, if you're on Twitter, you should follow it if you're a Blues fan. If you're not a Blues fan, you probably don't care to, but uh, that's uh, why you're listening to the show. Uh, it's, uh, 2002, November 16th, 2002, Tom Barrasso recorded his first St. Louis Blues win and shutout on November 16th. Uh, versus Calgary in a one to nothing win. It was the last win and shutout of his career. He was with the Blues in 2002. 1968, November 16th, Blues owner Sid Solomon II broke his hand while slamming it down 
after Detroit tied the game with 22 seconds to go. I see things haven't changed too much since 1968. <laughs> yeah. Blues have never been able to hold a lead in the last minute against that team. <laughs> not, yeah, not, not so much. Uh, 1982, November 16th, Brian Sutter netted a hat trick along with a Gordie Howe hat trick in a 7 2 victory over the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils, snapping a five game win the streak. And in 84, November 16th, Joey Mullen scored his second career hat trick versus the Quebec Nordiques in a 4 2 Blues win. One of, the, one of the players I was most sad to see leave when he left. Yeah, went to Calgary. Yep. As did so many great blues in the 80s. Yep. Yep. And they won a cup with some of those blues. Uh, yep. Uh, let's see. The uh, game Saturday against Columbus. I guess we'll talk about this a little bit. <laughs> um. Well... I say we put uh, we put as much into that uh, as effort the Blues defense put into the game, and uh, definitely not as much time as I put in watching it. I, I watched that shit on fast forward because, well, really didn't have to watch it. You know, watch every second to know what was going on. What a bed shitting! Now, Robbie Fabry returned to the lineup for this game. Uh, not a good game for the Blues goaltenders. Uh, Allen allowed four goals on 12 shots and uh, only played a little over one period. And Hutton played the rest of the game and allowed four goals on 18 shots. Every Blues player was a minus except for uh, Mr. Gunnarsson and Mr. Shattenkirk, who were even, so no one was uh, in the plus. And uh, Petrangelo was a minus five and is now a minus 10 for the season. Uh, the Blues did go four for five on the power play, which their power play did look fantastic. Uh, and Tarasenko tied a career high with four points, and the Blues outshot the Jackets thirty-seven to seventy and lost eight to four. Thirty-seven to seventy, sir. Uh, thirty-seven to thirty-seven to thirty. That would be a little, yeah, more accurate. Yeah, that's because you're getting into Ron Tugnut territory uh, when you talk about seventy shots in a game. A 67 out of seven. What did he say at that time? 60. He said like 67 out of 70 uh, shots. 67. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It was an incredible game. Um, so this game was comical for me to the point where I wasn't angry. I was just shrugging my shoulders after a while. And to me, I didn't think they, they played. To be honest, the Blues, the, the, the forwards, and the way the team played as a whole, I, it was, I don't think the eight to four score was indicative of how that the, the Blues played. I think it was just one of those games where nothing went their way in their own end. Um, weren't getting the bounces. The the, the goaltending wasn't there. Um, and Columbus was pretty opportunistic in their chances. We'd be dominating play and, and, and getting some scoring chances, and then and some good ones. And you know the Blues would get stoned, and then Columbus would come down and score right away on a weird goal. Um, just like that. So, and the Blues did come back the second half of the game. I think they, they traded goals and it was three. They scored three goals in the second half of the game. But, um, yeah, honestly, I didn't care about that, the way this game turned out. Just I'm going to forget about it. The problem, the problem this game is causing outrage in Blues Nation is that it was the third loss in a row, and it was a bad loss. I mean, they were down eight, seven to one at one time. 
So, um, you know, people are starting to, to freak out about this game and this team in general and calling for all kinds of stuff to be done and whatnot. But I think a game like this is is typically brings about a lot of knee-jerk reactions and things. But um, uh, I think you talked this. I mean, they've had a couple other games where they've been, you know, a 5 nothing game and a 6-1 to one game where they lost. Uh, didn't look good in the, what, the 17, 17 games they played so far this season. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't even, I don't even care. This game was eight to four. It doesn't, I don't, I don't care. I, I, is that, do you care, Bill? Uh, well, well, last night, you know, the, the win last night makes it definitely more palatable. Um, certainly the blues look pretty damn awful. Columbus has had two, two really high scoring games. Now they, they put a 10 spot up against Al Montoya uh, when he was in net for Montreal against them and then put eight up against us. So they're, they can be an opportunistic uh, and kind of feeding frenzy kind of scoring team. Uh, So the blues probably, you know, the D was pinched a little too much trying to get caught up. And, you know, that, that led to a lot of, uh, bad situations uh, and a lot of goals. Uh, so I think to answer your question, we'll see how tomorrow night goes. Um, I think last night was kind of a breather. Uh, you know, the Sabres are not a very good team. And uh, so it, it was kind of a game that the Blues needed. Um, you know, not that they – I mean, they could have lost that game last night too. I'm one, one going into the third and uh, you know, the blues were able to, to get the go ahead goal could have easily seen it going the other way. I think, uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, I'm, it, it was a game that you, you had to get over and you had to forget. Um, but then there were some positives that came out of it. Uh, most notably Robbie Fabry has found the scoring touch. You know, he he went uh, from no goals to what three goals in four periods. Uh, so all hail Hitchcock, all hail Hitchcock for sitting Fabry, got him going. Give him some credit, Bill. <laughs> Give Hitchcock credit for getting Fabry going again. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, no, I, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's you know the uh, selfish part of me that it, you know, the the me that's been calling for Hitchcock to be fired for four plus seasons. Um, you know, if the Blues would have lost last night, I think you're, you know, we're the the heat on the the seat that uh, Hitch sits on it would have gone way up. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next five games from here. Um, I, I still, you know, I know you, we kind of talked about this offline that you think it's going to take a lot for Hitch to get canned in his farewell season. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it really comes down to, you know, what's Doug Armstrong working for? Is he working for a contract extension or is he on his way out too? If he's on his way out too, then, you know, Hitch will stick around. But if, Armstrong wants a contract extension. He will not let this team go through a very prolonged slump. You know what, though? If, even if he wants a contract, yeah, if he wants an extension, uh, and he's trying to win. But you know what? If he, if he plans on going elsewhere, he still wants to win. I mean, he's, his, his value is going to be at its peak if the Blues have a long playoff run again. 
I mean, if they if they have a crappy season and bow out early, I mean, he may still go somewhere and get a lot of money. But it, I mean, you would think his value would be higher based on. I mean, that's you know, if if the Blues win the Cup this year and he leaves, holy cow, he's in demand, right? If he if the Blues don't make the playoffs and he goes somewhere, he's still in demand, but he's not going to be as highly coveted as he would be if, say, the Blues win win the Cup. In my opinion, so we'll I, I we'll see. Um, and and Hitchcock wants to win. I mean, it's his last it's his his last season. I mean, he doesn't want to go out not making the playoffs or squeaking in. He wants to win. And you know, Armstrong and him are buddies, so I don't I don't see why they wouldn't as a team try and try if they want to make if they if they want to improve the team midway through the season, make some moves at the deadline, whatever. Uh, you would think that they would go actually more all out since it is Hitch's last season and maybe Armstrong's last season here to go all out to try and get one as opposed to they would otherwise. So, so how does a coach go all out to win? Um, what does he do? I mean, does he, does he keep benching the guy that we just acquired the former first overall pick? Does he keep benching him and alienating him and you know, pissing him off? You know, that why not bench Yuri Laterra? The guy's been dog shit this year. Why not bench him? If if that's what if that's what we're gonna say works in lighting fires under players, spread the love. Don't just keep picking on Yakupov. I mean, yeah, you know he he's a young guy. He needs a little bit more discipline in his game. But you keep you keep benching the guy. I I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know how much Hitch's want his want to his desire to win this year can affect this team unless that causes him to soften up and try something different. I, well, I think the, the biggest problem with hitch is that he's stubborn. He thinks what worked in the, the late nineties with the stars is going to work, you know, 20 years later. And he's, he's diluted. The game is different. He had a great team last year. He had a, you know, the, the chemistry was great. This team, it just it, it's not the same team. Defensively, they are not as strong as the team was last year. Um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, I can't say that just because you know Brower and Backus are gone that that is the biggest difference with this team. You know, maybe it's the fact that you you know Brian Elliott, you don't have the tandem uh, in goal. Um, you know, obviously that, that was a little bit out of, uh, Armstrong's control, you know, because Elliot gave him an ultimatum. Uh, but it was, although it was in Hitchcock's and army's control. If they said, okay, you're the number one, they could have kept him. Oh, I know they could have, but you know, they, they weren't going to. And, you know, I, that's, that's what is, uh, we've talked about this. It's ridiculous because after the run he had in the playoffs last year, I mean, we, I, you give him the number. You give him the number one. Not to rehash old news and old topics, but I, my opinion, you let him have the number one and run with it. That, that's uh, he earned that. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more on that point. And you know, last night Jake had ultimately he had a great game, but that first goal he let in. I mean, it that you can't give up squeakers like that game in game out and so when when that went in i i just had the here we go again you know it's going to be another uh run up the score kind of game 
and he he turned it around. You know, he he found his game. Jake Allen is a good goalie. He's just not he's not a proven number one yet. Brian Elliott was a proven number one, and yeah, he's not here anymore. Yeah, I the 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 first goal the goal he allowed last night was it looked bad. It wasn't good, but I mean, to play devil's advocate in Allen's defense, it was a goofy ass goal. And uh, it, it bounced, it was blocked and it was bounced. And then uh, somebody was swipe at it, went off Bo Meester's skate, kind of flipped up in the air and went over his arm. And it, it, it didn't, it looked goofy, it looked bad. Should he have had it? Maybe, but it was a goofy ass goal, you know, whatever. Those, and those have been going in on us and we have not been getting those bounces. And that's uh, puck luck has been shitty for the Blues this year so far. Uh, they have not, they've been stoned by goalies. They've had tons of chances. They outshoot the opponent constantly. Um, for the most part, and uh, even when they got, they lost eight to four. They outshot, you know, the the jackets by seven. So they're just not, they're not getting the, the bounces. Uh, down goes Brown. Put an article out that's about the Blues are the most confusing, uh, hardest team to figure out uh, today. I think it was, and they mentioned that the, that based on the Blues chances, their puck possession, uh, things are bound to turn around for them based on the the advanced stats. And that right, right, I agree. And- Right, and that, I, you know, I think that was a point I made last week. It, the 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 advanced stats, the possession stats, are there. They're in their favor, and sooner or later, something's going to give. And you know, maybe maybe the Columbus game was a turning point as far as you know, the team figuring out how to put the puck in that. Robbie Fabry looks like he's getting on a roll. Um, you know, I don't know, are are we about done talking about the Columbus game or any other points you want to make well, on I- that or? You, you did. You did. You did say Laterra has played like dog shit. I, I will say he does have three points. So I, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure that dog shit wouldn't get any points. Three points on the season. On the season, three <laughs> points, one goal, two assists, thirteen games. That's what he has. I could uh, but, do that for five million dollars a year. And in his defense, uh, the 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 aspect where he has been good, he he leads the team in faceoff percentage. And he was good the other night. He won a key face-off for the Blues uh, on, um, uh, I think it was, I think it was Fabry's goal uh, that he won the face-off in the zone. So and it was a you know, the, the game-tying goal. So uh, he's been good in that respect. But I agree with you. He's slow. He's uh, he's not the passer we thought he was. He's good. But he's not. He's not that that genius playmaker. Um, he's so streaky. Uh, doesn't shoot. Uh, doesn't have a shot. Uh, his slap shot is my slap shot is probably harder than his. But, uh, yeah, and so, but yeah, he has his faults. And there are many of them, but he does have a fifty nine point one faceoff percentage, which is pretty damn good. So we'll get. I'll give him credit in that area. So if that's worth like four million, what's he making? Four point something million? Is that worth that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's 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 put all that money into a faceoff specialist who then can't skate to the other end of the ice without getting gassed uh and it says uh let's see the blue latera's uh salary i think what am i guess like 4.3 latera's making 4.4 i was 100k off so he makes 4.4 this season and it's a uh 4.7 cap hit which is worse <laughs> so uh yeah so that's that um yeah done talking about that that weird uh uh, Tuesday, last night, uh, the Blues took on Buffalo in St. Louis, and they had a turnaround game. 
uh, four to one. They beat Buffalo. Buffalo was five, six, and four coming into this game, and and in last place in the Atlantic with a with fourteen points. The Blues had won their last eight meetings versus the Sabers and sat in third place in the Central with seventeen points prior to that game last night. Buffalo got on the board first, which went the, the goal they scored. We talked about um, goofy goal, the 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 partially blocked, it bounced to the net and it took a swipe at it. Buffalo made to skate kind of and, and passed Allen. It looked bad, um, so we're like. And the Blues were out shooting the the Sabers seven to one at the time. When they scored that, it was seven to one. That was their second shot on net, or eight to one maybe. Second shot on net, and they here we go again, out playing the Sabers, out shooting them. They score first, bad goal against son of a bitch. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that is uh, that seemed to be the the feeling. Uh, and last night was my uh, my first in person game this year. Uh, that seemed to be the uh, the feeling that came across the crowd is, you know, everybody's jacked up. Blues are just out playing them, out shooting them, and doing everything right. Uh, you get a, a stupid penalty. Uh, I think it was Upshaw that was in the box. Um, and a stupid hooking penalty. And, yeah, the, the Sabres get the bounce, and uh, there they go. Um, but, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Fabry gets it, uh, uh, gets the equalizer, um, on the power play, uh, after Latera, you know, won the draw shot from the point, uh, deflected right out into the slot. Fabry's wide open, goes down to one knee and buries it. That was awesome. Fabry was robbed, uh, earlier, uh, just like a, a minute or two earlier, uh, by Laner. He was, uh, that, that love to say that was beautiful. Yeah. He did kind of shoot it. He did kind of shoot it into his glove, but it looked it looked nice, nice. Yeah. and and I'll tell you, Robin Leonard is he's huge. I mean, just he takes up so much space in the net. Um, you know, I thought thought the Blues could have easily popped more than uh, three on him last night, and uh, you know, he just he takes up so much space. And when he's in the right position, you know, there are no rebounds, but uh, he he still hasn't uh, perfected his game to the point where he's not giving up rebounds. And, uh, you know, he's uh, still prone to giving up uh, some angle goals. But, yeah, he uh, – I was impressed with uh, with his size. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> – no, no comment. Right. Uh, no, moving not, on. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't know. We maybe we could ask Ponder. He at one point had locker room access. He could he could address that. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he told a funny story about Ryan Reeves. Uh that was that was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh Jeff, where are you? We miss you. Uh, yeah. He's uh yeah. Hopefully not tied up in a basement somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Unless he wants to be. Tied up in the basement somewhere. And knowing yeah. Jeff, he might. Yes. Uh, yeah, Fabry got in a fight uh, to his uh, to in in Steen's defense, which I mean, he got his butt whooped, but uh, he, yeah. uh, you know, you got to respect that. He uh, that was that was good stuff. Yeah, the you know, I I I don't like the the hit um yeah, that George has put on uh on Steen. You know, it just it's a dangerous position in the corner. Uh looked like uh George's lunged um you know went uh went elbow first and you know just uh, you know there 
not even you know i don't i don't think there's any even any discussion you know whether it was a suspension worthy hit but man it it certainly was ugly um and it's it, it was awesome to see uh you know somebody come to his defense uh it just surprising that it's the smallest guy on the team <laughs> he gave out 25 pounds to george's george's just yeah george's beat the shit out of him but yeah it uh, what was that what was fabry's fabry was quoted as saying you know george has asked him are you sure and he said yeah i guess <laughs> something, something to that effect that's yeah. all Fab- fabry said you want to go and george are you serious and fabry's like i guess <laughs> <laughs> this this is what i'm supposed to do i think wait uh, where's yeah. ryan reeds he had a bit of a welt on his head too, because George's got him. Uh, uh, you can see it. Um, yeah, his forehead. But yeah, good, good for good for Fabry. He uh, he didn't protect himself too well, but he threw so he threw a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, what what he lacked for size, he he tried to make up for in spirit. Well, that that doesn't work at the NHL level. He needs what he needs to do is he needs to like. Angle his head so his eyebrows are cushioning any blows he's gonna get. <laughs> so many punches he received. Yeah, maybe maybe Fabry's hair uh, needs to rebrand himself. Fabry's eyebrows. Uh, it, yeah, I, I've said this before. If his if Fabry's nickname isn't Bobby Eyebrows, I don't know why it's not. If he was on, if I was on that team, he's Bobby Eyebrows. Yeah. Well, certainly, uh, Fabry, you know, f- talked about how he's now, you know, found his scoring touch again. He was the emotional leader for that team last night, you know, stepping up for Steen, you know, getting the tying goal. Um, and I mean, overall, just played a played an incredibly spirited game. And uh, it, it's awesome to see second year guy who, you know, is off to a slow start, um, you know, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come and we're not going to see a prolonged sophomore slump from the guy. Uh, so after Fabry's goal, it was a scoreless second. And then, uh, so going into the third, it was t- uh, tied one to one. Blues had the better of the play early in the game. Uh, Buffalo came on in the second and got, uh, you know, evened out the, the shots against uh, shots on goal, more or less, at one point. Uh, so tied one to one going into the third. And Blues Nation is nervous because lost three in a row. We're tied in the third period against a team that's kind of bad. Uh, so, uh, but the Blues scored two in the first few minutes of the third. Schwartz scored. Brodziak scored, and uh, kind of gave a nice three to one cushion. Uh, hell of a pass by Reeves to Brodziak, and a nice, God. nice hands by Brodziak. Man, God, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I- I saw a few people on Twitter last night said, what the hell is this opposite night? Fabry fights and Reeves makes a pinpoint pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, it was a great third period, but I'll, I'll tell you what the, the one, the one player I haven't seen get enough praise was uh, Dimitri Yaskin on Schwartz's Schwartz was just there to put away Yaskin's garbage. Yaskin, he, Every once in a while, he hits that top gear that he has and uses his side size and his speed to his advantage, and that's exactly what he did. Beat two defenders, got to the front of the net, forced Leonard to make a save and get out of position. Wide open, empty net for uh, Schwartz to come in and, and dunk that puck. 
just that that was an impressive shift for Yaskin. I I thought I thought since his benchings he's looked great. So uh, I don't know, Nail. I guess that's your only way back is you've you've got to score a hat trick or something when when you, you know, next time you see some ice time. But isn't it, isn't it, isn't it sad? Isn't it sad though that that uh, the nice play Yaskin made uh, on that play? I agree, it was it was a nice play, but. The, the fact that you, as Blues fans, we see that play from him and we're like, oh my God, it's stuff he should be doing all the time, mm-hmm. right? That's the way right. His, his body, big body, go to the net and uh, you just don't see it from him. And it's when you see it, it's a shock and you're like, oh yes, yes, do that more often. But right. He does. right. If he could do that consistently, this team wouldn't have secondary scoring problems like we do. Right. And, and to be, to be, I, I mean, Buffalo, you know, I, I I give credit to Yaskin for that play. It was very nice. He he did the right thing on that play. He went to the net, cut across. But uh, to on the flip side of the coin, Buffalo looked really soft in that play defensively. They, they, they did not take the body on Yaskin, and uh, the guy covering Schwartz just did not did not care. Just seemed to care. He was letting go. So. So the Blues uh, end up. Uh, Upshaw adds the empty net. And the Blues uh, win the game four to one, so that uh, a, a nice third period, a nice finish to a, an otherwise nervous game where the Blues were in danger of losing. I mean, uh, being a tie game, Buffalo hit a couple posts, and I want to talk about um, the problem with Allen, which we touched on earlier. But um, in a nutshell, uh, the problem with him was was Kane's the the post that Kane hit when Kane went wide left side uh, near the faceoff dot. And took a wrist shot. The defenseman was on him, uh, but uh, it, it Allen goes down. Horrible. Didn't it wasn't squared up at all. Was back in the net. Was was playing. Was kind of sideways, and Kane hits the post above Allen's shoulder, and that could have easily gone in because he smoked Allen. It was a great placement on the shot, but come on, uh, Allen horribly misplayed his angle. Could have easily went in. He he does that crap. Far too much. He can make the great save, like you said earlier. He he can be a great goalie, but it's 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 stuff like that that makes him not a number one goalie right now. Just stuff like that. Did you, you remember that play? The the post from Kane at all? Yeah, I had to point out to the uh, people that I was sitting with that it was uh, you know that I I could hear it go off the post and you know from the angle we were at you couldn't really tell but you could hear it in the building and yeah he, he certainly what I noticed about Jake last night and, you know and that's one of the benefits of of being there in person uh, is you, you don't have to just watch what's on the camera and he is he is constantly playing you know, from the ice up, um, you know, down very early. Uh, and I, you know, I know that that's kind of, you know, I, I grew up when they were still teaching stand-up goaltending uh, in the eighties. So, you know, it, it's an entirely different position now. Uh, but, you know, I think he's, he doesn't trust his instinct uh, enough. Um, I, I don't know if that's it. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe that's, that's it, but he, he's always 
down early. And, you know, even when the puck is just going around the end boards, you know, scrums along the boards, he's already down in, in kind of a prone position. And I'm just, I don't know, that, that just seems really uh, different. I, I, I guess maybe I need to get more games and, and just watch the goalies uh, throughout throughout those games. It, it just, it seems weird to me. Um it's it's definitely different than I was taught. You know, obviously, you know, I'm not a professional goalie, so I I don't pretend to be uh, as knowledgeable as as a professional goalie. It just seems weird that constantly playing from a prone position. That weird. I mean, he's he to me plays that develop. The, the problem plays to develop where it should be easy for him to be in the correct position, like that that play from Kane. Uh, he didn't have to be quick. All he had to do was do textbook goaltending because he had time. He was Kane was left wing. It wasn't like a, a backdoor pass with sliding across and he missed his he overslid or something. It was uh, because of being over aggressive. It was just he just didn't do what he should have done, and he had all kinds of time to do it and didn't do it. Um, I don't know if he was expecting a pass across. Or what, which he probably was, but uh, he looked bad on that, and they pointed it out on TV. And it, I mean, in in their defense, the Blues Homer uh, announcers did point out the fact that Allen made a mistake, <laughs> and, and got lucky that the can't hit the post instead of it going in. So, yeah, you know, like I said, Allen's still a young goalie; he's still figuring it out. Um, you know, and and that's I think that's you know one of the things with having such a young team is you've got a lot of guys who are still figuring it out and still trying to figure out how to be consistent, and you know that's that's part of the the uh, you know another lamentable fact about you know losing Brian Elliott is he was the guy that had gotten to the point where he had finally figured it out, and uh, now we're we're back to inconsistent. Um, you know, as the rule. So hopefully, you know, Jake, Jake has, a, you know, has always been looked at as one of the guys with a high ceiling. Um, so if he figures it out, he's, he could be an elite goalie. He's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're not, I mean, for, for this team to overcome uh subpar goaltending, uh, you know, we're not the Chicago Blackhawks from a few years ago that are going to just run the score up on you and, and play puck possession, puck possession game. Uh, and Crawford can all, you know, have a, allow a couple of softies and it not matter because you're scoring four and five a game. But uh, this team right now is not doing that. And uh, so it's, it's hard to cover up. I said before the season started, Allen's going to have to have like a nine high nine, two or nine, three G uh, uh, save percentage and around a, you know, a, a two GAA two. Two one two two GA for for this team to be good, and he's not doing that now. He's like at a nine hundred save percentage and a what two four GA. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I think overall for the for the team, they're they're kind of right where that I expect them to be at the end of the year. Uh, in the uh, yeah, I guess they're third in the division right now. Um, Fifth, yeah, third in the division, fifth in the conference. Yeah, yeah. So they're. I don't know. I I still think that the the way this team is designed, they're they're going to be a seven eight spot uh, to get in the playoffs. Uh, social media kind of gave the Blues a hard time and described uh, about the victory. 
uh, in general. They just discredited the victory to some degree, saying, well, it's Buffalo. You know, they suck. Uh, I've always found that interesting that, you know, like, like, the, like it shouldn't really mean much and they don't give them credit for the win. But honestly, you know, good teams beat bad teams. If a good team doesn't beat bad team, a bad team consistently enough, they're not a good team. So the, if they had lost, those same folks have been upset. And so for some reason, this game was a, a lose-lose situation for, you know, on social media. If they lost, if, they, if they're some, uh, criticized and discredit a win, and they criticize and bitch about a loss. So, Yeah, well, well there's, there's a lot of just overall anger in the world right now. Um, but I, I think the, the point I was making earlier with this team uh, right now is, you know, it, going into this game, they lost three in a row and the last game was a total dumpster fire. Um, they, they won a game that they should have won last night. Um, let's see what happens tomorrow. I mean, I think the, the blues and the sharks, you know, record wise where they stand within their division and their conference are um they're they're kind of in the same spot uh, san jose has been trending upwards um they had won i think three in a row uh before getting shut out one nothing last night in carolina um and it's always concerning you know in 2016 when you can't beat uh cam ward uh, but cam ward had a really good game for them last night i think um but the uh, you know the the sharks are probably going to be uh, as far as a look at yourself in the mirror kind of game uh, from where the teams are standings wise. Uh, it's going to be a a big matchup. Um, you know, first time that we're seeing the sharks since they bounced us last year. Uh, the the makeup of the team were were a lot smaller. Um, and they're, they're the same team. So it's, it's going to be an interesting game. San Jose is nine, seven and oh, which is good for 18 points and third in the Pacific. The blues are now eight, six and three and have 19 points and are, as you mentioned, third in the central. Um, I, I agree. This is going to be a good barometer for the blues to see where they stand after an up and down for 17 games. So, uh, a win here might give them some momentum and, and uh, a less than impressive loss, and the roller coaster ride continues. Um, I this is going to be an easy game to get up for, and I'm quite frankly, I'm just looking forward to sitting back and watching this one in particular. Um, so uh, we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, is Bill is Bill is is Hitch on the hot seat since there have been rumblings on social media and a few articles written about you know, questioning whether he should be, uh, is he, should he be, uh, thoughts on whether Hitch is on the hot seat, and if he is, if he's not, should he be? Um, my answer to the latter question is he always should be on the hot seat. He should have been fired years ago, but Doug Armstrong won't fire his best buddy. Um, and I think because because it's Doug Armstrong, he's not he's not going to disgrace Hitchcock in his final season. He's not on the hot seat. Um, the only way I see uh, Hitch really getting fired is as much as as I 
you know, and just, um, I've been sick of his, his, uh, approach to the players, um, you know, for, for several seasons, uh, he's the only way that he's going to get fired is if it's a package deal. I think we've been saying that every year for the last few years, it's, it always comes down to, uh, you know, it's, they're a package deal. You know, Armstrong got here um, and Davis Payne wasn't his guy and he cashiered him after 11 games and brought in Hitch and Hitch has been here ever since. And, you know, that uh, I, I just don't see him sending Hitch off into the sunset in a disgraceful manner. Um, you know, he, Armstrong's an old school hockey guy and he, he'll say, you know, you can't do that to, to a legend, uh, which I disagree. Um, you know, I, I, I totally, totally would, you know, if, if they made a move to get rid of Hitch, I, I would, I, you know, I would share it. Uh, not going to happen though. Yeah, I, I mean, like like I mentioned before, it's his it's his farewell season, so um, it's gonna take some pretty epic suckage for for him to be canned. Uh, I'm talking like after 30 games of the season, and they feel they're in real danger of missing the playoffs. And I think before they would fire Hitch, they'd make a move uh, roster wise, um, whether it be a trade or something. Uh, before they be, would make a move with Hitch, I, you know, he's going to coach in the um, uh, the outdoor game. I mean, they're, they're not going to fire him before that. Um, yeah, they're certainly not going to fire him when the cameras are rolling on the uh, uh, you know the the cable special that's being filmed right now. <laughs> that's a good point. So I I I mean, it's it's I mean they're 17 games into the season. They're eight six and three. You know, and uh, a lot of the uh, we all thought the team took a step back in the off season, and their record shows that, and their play on the ice shows that. So, I mean, to to can hitch because of the way the team is playing the way we expected, based on players leaving. Um, I'm not sure if that's entirely fair. Um, unless they, you know, unless he does make a move later in this at some point here to bring somebody in and that doesn't pan out well they did yakupov that hasn't now they're they have he's a healthy scratch every other game so yeah in in i don't know i i would love to really know doug armstrong's feelings you know he goes out there and makes what could be the best trade and you know of his career and hitch won't even play the guy you know, is there, is there some frustration or, you know, does, does Armstrong have total faith that Hitch knows what he's doing? Um, you know, Hitch, Hitch is the same guy that took uh, Nikolai Zherdev and, you know, wasn't, was, was Zherdev, was he a number one overall pick or he was projected to be a number one overall pick and maybe fell a little bit, but completely alienated him to the point where, you know, he won't even come back to North America. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe uh, you know it, it was a home run, uh, you know, change of scenery kind of trade. But if you're going to change the scenery, doesn't that mean giving the guy a chance instead of putting him in the press box? Because that seemed to be what Edmonton did with him. 
I would love to see Yakupov play more. However, watching him play, I mean, I've, I've, when he's been out there, I've made a point to just watch him and him only at times. In the offensive zone, he looks, he looks, he looks fine uh, for the most part. But when the puck's turned over and they're going the other way, he looks lost. He doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't know where he, what he's supposed to do defensively, or uh, and that's the knock. That was the knock on him when we got him from Edmonton that that, that he didn't know how to play in a system, and uh, he has all the offensive skills in the world. He's a fantastic offensive player. When he has the puck, you can see it. It's easy to see. Um, but when the puck's turned over and it goes the other way, he's he's a hindrance. So I understand the frustration that Hitch may have with with his play on the ice, um, which is why he gets a lot of offensive uh, uh, playing time, uh, offensive zone playing time. You know, if there's a faceoff in the offensive zone, he goes out there many, much. He never takes if, – if they're doing line changes, he doesn't go out there when it's in, uh, a faceoff in our zone. He'll be out there when the faceoff's in the offensive zone, So, which is by design is because he doesn't play well on, on our own end. So I think maybe they're trying to work him into the system slowly. Maybe he's a dunce and he just does not – grasp things easily um which was the knock but, on him so yeah well i mean if they're working him into the system they're not coming slowly they're not communicating very well because he's getting pissed off and you well, know you you've you've alienated him at this point and i don't know i mean is this you know is this something that you know tarasenko can take on his shoulders and you know show that show his leadership and and teach the young russian how to play uh, a very defensive uh, or a very responsible defensive role cuz i'll tell you watching watching tarasenko last night tarasenko has really become a great two-way player um yeah, he he was one of the first guys back all the time, um, and I, I was very impressed by that part of his game. So you know, could it be that you know the the answer here is letting Tarasenko act as a role model uh, and teach him, or you know, is that is that just not you know, not in the cards? I don't know. I I think that might be the the answer. But Tarasenko was 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 a big was very excited to have Yakupov come on board. Um, but to be honest, if you, you mentioned Yakupov was getting pissed off, well, there's, there's a good way to fix that. Play better in your own end, you know, uh, work to understand the system. If that's the problem, um, he looks lost when we don't have the puck. So, and that's a problem. And that, uh, that's what I'm saying. Can, can Tarasenko teach him how to do that? I, and, and, and he, I'm sure, I'm sure he would based on what we know from Tarasenko, but I mean, I'd like to see that, but that's not his job either. That's, I mean, the coaching staff needs to work with Yakupov as well. I mean, if you if you can't, I mean, some guys. I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do for somebody. Some guys, if they're, I mean, how many years was he in Edmonton? He didn't pick up their system, which was a horrific defensive system anyway. So he didn't really have to do much. But um, if he's really being asked to play a defensive uh, portion of his game in a team that it prides itself on playing, having a good defensive part of the system, um, he's going to have to play a lot better defensively than he did in Edmonton, which is saying a lot. So, I, I, to be, you know, work your butt off, figure it out, and play better. And if Tarasenko needs to step in and help out, I'm sure he would. I'm, I'm, maybe, I'm sure it's already happened. Um, 
there's, I'm sure there's been discussion about it, but to be honest, it, it all lies on the coaching staff. That's what they're, that's their job is to, is to have the players understand the system they want implemented on the ice. And if they aren't getting it done, then it's either on the coaches or you get rid of the players and it, or, or change the system. And that, and that would involve bringing in a new coach and then we come full circle <laughs> <laughs> with getting rid of Hitch. I think. So which, uh, which I I don't need to say it again, but I am always pro getting rid of Hitch. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna open up. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and post that button for folks to join us uh, if they would care to uh, on the website. Let me go ahead and do that right this second. So if you uh, <clears throat> if you're listening to the show and you want to join us live on the air to check talk some hockey, go to letsgoblues.com/radio. Uh, if you're already there, refresh the screen, and the button to join us will appear underneath the live stream. Uh, just have a uh, microphone and headphones ready to go, please. Um, and it's up there now. So the um, Blackhawks alumni game roster uh, was announced for the outdoor alumni game. And do you see this, Bill? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of what? Is, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it off and and. and and try to stop laughing. <clears throat> okay. Adrian Nacoin, Murray Bannerman, Adam Burrish, Kyle Calder, T- Daniel Carcillo, Jim Cummins, Eric Daze, Ben Eager, Reggie Kerr. Who? Steve- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he played for the Bulls in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I think so. He's coaching somewhere now, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. Um, the Pelicans, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Steve, Steve Conroy, yeah. Dave Mackey, Jamal Mayers, who fits right in, uh, Grant Mulvey. Who the fuck is Grant Mulvey? <laughs> I've never heard of Grant Mulvey before. He's a forward. That much. Uh, Troy Murray, Brian Noonan, who, uh, yeah, uh, okay. Jack, who, who had a cup of coffee with the Blues, uh, Jack O'Callaghan. Darren Pang. Jack O'Callaghan is better known for uh you know Miracle on Ice. Um he was he was the guy playing with a busted knee. Yeah. Yep. Steve Popes, Reed Simpson, Brent Sopel, Gary Souter is the all-star of this team. Yeah. And Jimmy Waite. <clears throat> well, oh, crap. I will tell you I the one the one ask I had uh, and, and what I, I think what I said was, as long as Murray Bannerman's on the roster, this is a game I want to go see just because I want to see the mask. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, that it I, this what what collection of shit is this? And and to answer my my uh, kind of rhetorical question with uh, factual uh, information. Grant Mulvey, nicknamed Granny, is a retired professional ice hockey player who played all but 12 games of his 586-game NHL career with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, well, I I grew up I grew up in the 80s watching the Blues, um, so I I don't I do, this is one guy I don't remember. I remember you know people like Steve Larmer. And uh, you know, even yeah. Everett Santa Pass, you know, um, Troy Murray, who's on this list, Michelle uh, Dulay, yeah, Michelle, Mar- Mar- right. 
right. Shelly Belfour. Right. Where where are these guys? Come on. I, well, they're playing a fucking outdoor game every single year. They're probably tired of playing. Yeah. So maybe they maybe they jokingly told this group of guys a few years back. You know, the year that the Blues get into this thing, you know, well, you got your shot. Thinking That's, it'll never happen. And, uh, I, yeah. I'm I'm reading this roster. I'm I'm waiting for a big name to pop out at me. I'm like. It just never happens, and the biggest name is Gary Suter. And yeah. uh, Eric Daze had, what, one good year? And it's like, oh, my God. Uh, we got Gretzky, Hall, Oates, uh, Federico, uh, 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 um, Brodeur and Nett with, uh, you know, I, I, it's crazy the lopsidedness of the of – the... are there any all-stars in this roster? There aren't. I mean, any uh, Hall of Famers? Suter's uh... I don't. I don't know that Suter's made it yet. Um, There's not a single Hall of Famer on the on the alumni roster. Yeah, yeah. The only one's Tony Esposito, and he's on the coaching right. staff. Thanks, Coral. So uh, yeah, I, I get. Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever. I mean, I guess. I guess if you're a Blues fan, you're going to watch Hall, Oates, Berko, Gretzky, you know, and likes of them play. So I guess, and the question that we asked before the season, before our, uh, in the preseason show, I think it was, was uh, which team does Jamal Mayers play for? Because he works for the Hawks now and played so long for the Blues. And of course, well, the Hawks need him because this roster is awful. And if, when, you need, when you need a player like Jamal Mayers on your roster to make it actually better, that's like, oh my God, it's awful. Yeah. Couldn't Eddie Olchek have played in this game? Oh, that'd have been great. And then you know maybe block a Brett Hall slap shot and you know lose all his teeth or something oh. so we don't have to listen to him and broadcasting the game. Uh, I guess that's too much to ask. That's that's it's an embarrassing roster to battle. Yeah, we you know we should have had on uh, what's his name uh, from the uh, uh, cheer the anthem. <clears throat> Tom. Tom. Yeah, the, the, Tom Pauly yeah. from the. The, the Blackhawks podcast and we had on good guy uh, had him on last season uh, real good guy uh, really obje- one of the most objective uh, fans I've talked to about is just, he just doesn't does not biased whatsoever just tells it like it is so that's that's cool but I should have had him on and talk about this roster and see what he thought I'm sure he would uh, have similar uh, questions about <laughs> the validity of some of these people being on the roster okay um we okay um there is, there are no takers yet for we're going to do trivia here in a second. So we're going to do trivia in a second. So if anybody would like to take on Bill in trivia, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the link, the button under the live stream to join us on the air and take on Bill in some St. Louis Blues trivia. Five questions. You can win a St. Louis Blues uh, or a Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill beer mug. From the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill. It's right here. There it is. Can you see it? Um. Yeah. You, uh, how long has that uh, glass been empty at this point? Oh, uh, it's about uh, twenty minutes at least. Yeah. It got, that that the uh, the uh, the dirty blonde chocolate ale goes down pretty quick. And for those mm. of you in St. Louis, and if you've been to the Flying Saucer, I told Bill this yesterday. And I had not heard of this beer. Um, maybe many of you have. Uh, New Belgium makes a um, 
Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough ale. And I saw it on the menu. I'm like, well, hell, I got to try that. And it was it was pretty darn good. So if you're at the Flying Saucer or anywhere else that has it, uh, might want to give it a go. It's, it's pretty good. It's Ben and Jerry's. It's going to be good. Okay. Well, let's do some blues social media fails, and we'll see if anyone joins us. If not... You want you want to do? I'll, I can ask you trivia, and you can do them because we, we these were held over from last week because we, we ran out of time. But I can ask you them anyway, and we can tell you do. Yeah, nah, I I need some practice. It's been uh, what have we done it once this season so far? Ah, uh, no, a couple times, I think. Yeah, at least. Um, so <laughs> social media fails. We take what we feel are some pretty hilarious social media comments about the blues and bring them front and center for you. If something we say is something you happen to have said online somewhere on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, uh, don't get offended. If you do get offended, uh, tough. The, um, the, uh, up first. It, oh, and, and Art Lippo, the wonderful blues tweeter. Uh, Twitter uh, account. If you don't follow him, do so. Uh, he, uh, he 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 had, he would like this segment. He said he was going to check it out. So yeah, yeah. And uh, is uh, voting still going on? We're we're uh, we're in the uh, the Toastest Batch uh, Blues Twitter uh, tournament, and uh, we're the seventh seed, the Art Lippo's two seed, and uh, we were getting crushed. So. Um, how about some sympathy votes? I know, right? We're, I mean, it's like 75% to 25%, something like that, which I kind of expected because, you know, it's our lip bar, right? But I thought, and I, if, if they could nick a run, I would ask them from the Toast Dispatch, like, why the hell wasn't there a division for podcasts? Toast right. Right. Radio, Loose Chicklets, um, uh, Beyond Checkerdome, and the St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. So yeah. That, why not? Why not have a, a division with all of us, like the expansion '67 draft, with all the podcasts in one division, yeah. and have it uh, played out? So that would be. That should have been. It's not fair that we go up against our lipo. That's that's yeah, just. It, it, it's really not fair. And uh, I saw that uh, Loose Chicklets uh, tweeted, uh, you know, that uh, they're going to work on their game to get into the tournament next year because uh, they got snubbed. It did. So to be on Checkerdome. Yeah. But but game time it in. Yeah, yeah, and and Checkerdome is a game time uh, property, so uh, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so Blues social media fails. Uh, up first from the St. Louis Blues Lounge, who really owns this owns this segment. Uh, just uh, one user posted in the St. Blues Lounge, which is a post, uh, Facebook group. Just put up my blues Christmas tree in my blues room. It is uh, November 16th. Yeah. Already. Yeah, before the game last night, I shared this with Kurt, uh, but I'll share it with uh, everyone else. Uh, I, I went to uh, Schlafly, the uh, the tap room, uh, for dinner before the game and uh, you know, had a Christmas ale. Uh, I was surprised to see that it was uh, on the menu already. I was I was hoping for uh, you know the uh, imperial stout, but not there. So Christmas sales there. It's a nice eight percent beer. It's it's awfully tasty. So I said, you know what the hell? If assholes can put up Christmas trees and Christmas lights, you know mid November, I can enjoy this beer. And I did. It was lovely. 
I was in Coles today after work, and they uh, they were playing Christmas music in Coles. Did you find a clerk and kick him in the nuts? No, I don't mind. I like I like the the Xmas music. I, I like it. But, yeah. I mean, it's just funny. It's not so early. Um. Okay. Up uh, next. Next one from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Referring to Yakupov's lack of playing time. Yak had 20 goals last year. How many did Yaskin have? Uh, Yakupov did not have 20 goals last year. He had like eight. So, uh, simple Google search, you know. Uh, and in response to that, someone says, he isn't good enough to not score. What? He isn't, he isn't good enough to not score. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that, what that means. What? He isn't good enough, he isn't good enough to not score. But it's not good enough. So he's, he's, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. And then in response to that, Yak should be playing 36 minutes a game. <laughs> that would be state record. <laughs> new state record. That's, that's a new state record. <laughs> 36 minutes a game. What Petrangelo averages, what, 20, 27, stuff like that? Pronger, yeah. Pronger was known as an Iron Man who played a ton of minutes, and he played 30 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for defense. Forwards play a lot less. Forwards play, like, good forwards. All fantastic forwards to get a lot of playing time. They're like 20. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, next, from the St. Louis Lounge, discussing Tarasenko's uh, shot and missing the net. Uh, Can I read this one? Can I read this one? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Okay, it's getting old. Someone explained to Tarasenko the top corners are for breakaways. Hit the net! And, okay, and some folks made fun of this guy, so he responded with... Not what I meant. He's trying to... He's trying too hard to hit corners. T, spelled T-O... I've listened to professional hockey people say if he just shot at the middle of the net, he'd have more goals. His release is too fast for the goalies. Because, you know, when you shoot at the middle of the net, you know, goalies can't react fast enough to knock it out of the way or something. Uh, Shots that hit the goalie will create rebounds for his teammates and maybe a valid point. Shots that miss because he's trying to thread a needle, help new one, but the other team. He will be best he will be the best there is I'd say within this and next year I think he's just trying too hard with two spelled correctly the second time around oh that's uh that's just funny that's painful to read it was it was it was it was, I was, it was really hard to put it on the in the show notes here and and not correct the typos <laughs> And there are there are quite a bit. So if if I would have read it right, it's shots that miss because he's trying to thread a needle, help new one, but the other team, he will be the best there is. It say within the next year. Yeah, he he. What what got me about that was that he's listened to professional hockey people say if he just shot it in the middle of the net, he'd have more goals. Right. That is where the ball is. So if you put it right in the middle of the net, you're, I mean, I get, I mean, you know, okay, if the goalie, if it's a rebound, that's a different story. But yeah, typically your good goal scorers aren't shooting at the middle of the net. If you listen to 
Gretzky's famous goal in the Canada Cup when he comes down left wing, shoots a uh, 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 upper upper glove uh, top corner, and beats uh, whoever it was. Uh, they asked him uh, after the uh, they had an interview. They asked him, you know, were you aiming there? And he goes, yes, I was aiming there. He was not aiming at the middle of the net. He was picking a corner. That's what good goal scorers do. They pick corners because that's what the goalie ain't. Ah. Yeah, hockey professional hockey people don't say that. They don't say put it in the middle of the net. Uh, okay, so next from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. I fell asleep, but we won. And there was a response. I do the same thing. <laughs> so uh, good fans there falling asleep watching hockey. Um and the 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 evangelical fan, ready? Blues do not suck. Real fans have faith in the our team. Believe that in the our team. I, it always amazes me that when people say that uh, you know if, if if the Blues are playing bad or they suck and uh, they're called not real fans or, or no faith, you don't have faith in the team. Not a real fan. It's a bunch of hogwash. It's a, I mean, if the team's bad, they call like a team. The team's bad. That's just the way it is. I, you know, I, to me, if you're saying the team doesn't suck when they do suck, that's you just don't know what you're looking at. Anyhow, uh, from the St. Louis Blues, uh, Blues Lounge again. Uh, they're all from the St. Louis Blues Lounge this week, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, what happened to having different people sing the anthem? Uh, we haven't had that happen in a long time. Uh, it's been George Glenn for a long time. More, yeah, I'm sure. almost, yeah. almost, I mean, every once in a while, someone's different, but it's almost always him. Yeah, so, you know, it's Charles Glenn most of the time. Um, and then the uh, the Veterans Day uh, game, uh, the uh, there's a Navy guy that they bring out. He's got a great voice as well. Um, and he started it off and let the fans take over. It was a great moment. Uh, got some national attention. was on Puck Daddy. Um, but Charles Glenn really, you know, is is – known for being the blues anthem singer at this point uh next up from the st louis blues lounge um you want to take that one <laughs> i guess hitchcock took the a from tarasenko it was a home game and tarasenko wears the a on road games that's kind of a that's the deal uh, this season so uh, 17 games in and they didn't, hadn't caught that yet okay all right <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Well, you know, Hitchcock hates Russians, so. Right. Yeah, I took the A away because apparently he's not scoring enough. So, I guess Hitchcock took the A away from Tarasenko. Guess so. Uh, yeah. Um, and after a photo, and next comment, after a photo was was posted of Wayne Babbage, Brian Sutter, and Bernie Federko on the on the Blues Lounge, uh, someone posted, "I looked at that picture and immediately knew each of those men by name." <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they're kind of three of the more famous blues players that ever put a jersey on. Babish, not so much as uh, Sutter and Jerko, but still, not, that's not a okay. Good for you. Uh, Babish was yeah. a fifty goal scorer with this team. He was, he was, but I mean, he didn't have a long tenure here and didn't score a ton of goals after that, really. But uh, but yeah, he was the first guy to score fifty. But... Whatever happened to Wayne Babbage? <laughs> and that was the next. That's the next comment. Whatever. Whatever happened, Wayne Babbage? And I decided to reply to this comment with, he died penniless and alone like Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you're a fan of uh, of, uh, of uh, King of the Hill, uh, Bobby from King of the Hill makes that has that one at some point. So. Uh. <laughs> so there you have it. That's, uh, that's our uh, our blues social media fails for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> Some good stuff. Always funny. Thank you, loungers, for giving us some entertainment at the end of the show. <clears throat> I I love that segment. That's good stuff. And Art Lippo, he, he said he's gonna check out the, the the segment, and so that's. I hope you enjoyed. It. All right. Uh, yep. No one has joined us. We've got viewers. I see them every time. I see viewers, and there's no one wants to join you and uh, join us and take on trivia. So. I'm just going to bring them up here, and I will um, I will ask you the questions, the five questions, and then you can um, we'll see how you did. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not texting you my answers. Okay, I'm I'm just saying them since nobody's joining. Okay, <clears throat> I'll write them down, and then for the sake of the listeners who are listening later, I, you know, for a little bit of suspense, I'll read the correct answers after everything has been read. Okay. Uh, this is the uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill Trivia Shootout sponsored by the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, they're going to open uh, soon. Someday. Someday soon. Um, it's a fantastic place. And when they do open, go check it out. I'm serious. I, you have to. That, that's the requirement. Um, question one. Bill. In what year did Blues public address announcer Tom Calhoun begin working for the St. Louis Blues? 1983, 1987, 1999. Uh, going to go 87. Question one, Bill answers B, 87. Okay, question two. Which Detroit Red Wing player shot the puck that hit Blues defenseman Chris Pronger in the chest and stopped his heart during game two of the 1998 Western Conference semifinals? Vyacheslav Fatisov, Dmitry Mirnov, Sergei Fedorov. Notice that they're all in the OVs. Mm. All Russian. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Fatisov. Bill guesses A, Fatisov. Question three. Brett Hall said of one of the Russian players, the Blues drafted in the 92 draft, the little one is the only one who can play. Who was he referring to? <laughs> A. Vitaly Prokhorov. B. Vitaly Kramnov. C. Igor Korolev. Oh, would have had to have been Korolev. C. Bill guesses C. Korolev. Question four. Uh, Kramnov was tall and lanky. Question four. How many years has Ray Barilli been the head athletic trainer for the Blues? A, 21 years. B, 25 years. C, 29 years. Um, I'm going to go with B again. All right. B, 25 years. Question five. To which team did the Blues send five first-round draft picks for signing Scott Stevens as a free agent? Uh, a, the Washington Capitals. A, Devils. B, Rangers. C, Capitals. You guess C. No, I told you Washington Capitals. I didn't guess C. <laughs> six. Question six is the tiebreak question. 
Um, in case there's a tie. Uh, how many ex-Blues coaches went on to win Stanley Cups as a head coach on another team? A, three, B, four, C, five. <clears throat> so, Scotty Bowman, Al Arbor, Joel Quenville, Jacques Demers. Um... So is it three, four, or five? Was that the were those my options? Yes, yes, correct. Three, four, or five. Oh man, is the the question then would be um, to Jacques Martin? I don't think uh, I don't think Martin ever did. I'm gonna go with four. Four. Okay. All right. <clears throat> question one. Uh, in what year did the Blues public address announcer Tom Calhoun begin work for the St. Louis Blues? Uh, the answer is B87. You are correct. So, one for one so far. If I would have got if I would have got that wrong, I would have blamed it on the horrible audio we had on the show where we had him on. Why why you gotta bring that up? Because uh, it, it was our biggest missed opportunity. It really was. It's my biggest regret in the show so far to date. <laughs> Five seasons we've had. Uh, in, in January of '87, Calhoun took over for uh, Charlie Hodges and hasn't missed a game since. Including including the games in Sweden. Yes. Good Question two. Which Detroit player shot the puck that hit Blues defenseman Chris Pronger in the chest and stopped his heart during game two of the Western Conference Finals in 88 or 98? Uh, B. Dmitry Mironov shot the puck. So you guessed Fyacheslav Kozlov. Mm. And- was it Kozlov? I thought it was Fatisov. You said Fatisov, but it was Mironov. Yeah, but but then you Sorry. said Kozlov. You yeah. guessed off. The answer was Mironov. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't remember uh, Mironov playing for the Red Wings, but I guess all the Russians did at one point, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was actually a league rule. They had to come into Detroit and then play. Also. Yeah. Uh, question three. Brett Hall said of one of the Russian players the Blues drafted in the '92 draft, the little one is the only one who can play. Who is referring to? Uh, you are correct. C. Igor Korolev, uh, who had the longest NHL career of the five Russian players who was drafted that year. He also died in the 2011 plane crash that took the lives of 40-plus members of the KHL's locomotive team. Including Pavel Dimitra. Including Dimitra, yes. Uh, question four. How many years has Ray Burley been the head athletic trainer for the Blues? You guessed B25. The answer is um, A21. Mm. Early became the head athletic trainer in 1995, one of only six athletic trainers in Blues history. They've each had uh, fairly long stints here, which is interesting. Uh, five. To which team did the Blues send five first round draft picks for signing Scott Stevens as a free agent? You are correct. A lot of people say the Devils. That's why I threw it in there. I thought if we got a, someone to go against you, they would pick New Jersey. But yeah, the no, the the Devils were handed Scott Stevens for us signing Brendan Shanahan. Uh, yeah. the, the we we did offer we offered Joseph and Brendamore too. Though. Right, turn that down. Right, and I don't know. I I think having. Scott Stevens on a defense with an offense with Brett Hall and Brendan Shanahan and Adam Oates. I, I think that's a cup team right there, um, regardless of who the goalie is. Um, would have been, uh, you know, maybe mortgaging a bit of the future 
but you know, as it turned out, neither Brindamore nor Joseph were uh, in the long-term plans for the Blues anyway. Those were some fun teams, though. I mean, that, that season that Stevens was here was was fantastic. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it's just such a. I mean, the I think he was the ultimate defensive defenseman to ever play the game. I love the fact that he did not want to go to New Jersey. He refused to report. Uh, he, he was going to sue, uh, didn't want to leave, and uh, he eventually had to report, so he did. So that, uh, And then he won that, cups. Yes, and he won cups. So I'm sure he does not regret going there, but yeah. still. Um, question six. How many ex-Blues coaches went on to win Stanley Cups as a head coach on another team? The answer is uh, Scotty Bowman, Al Arbor, Jacques Demers, Joel Quenville, and that's it. Yes, so I was right. I was right. I didn't think Jacques Martin won. He took Ottawa in uh, 2006 to uh, uh, to the final, um, but uh, he did not win. So you got four out of six. That was uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Well done. Nice. Thank you. Always fun. Um. Any tweets we didn't get to? Um, Keith, uh, Keith, Seder, Sedergen, Sedergren, Seder, Sedergen, Sedergren. Keith, I'll just call him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, replied to uh, uh, my uh, my beer post. Uh, beer porn, gotta love it. So he he apparently enjoys the uh, the beer selection. The beers. The beers. Um, anything else you want to add, Bill? Uh, we talked about San Jose coming up uh, next on the docket tomorrow for the Blues tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I know. I don't know if you responded or not, but we've both uh, been invited for a guest spot on um, the uh, Pucknology After Dark, uh, the Sharks podcast tomorrow night. Huh. Um, not sure. Uh, he, uh, I think he DM'd us. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to make it. Um, we'll see how tomorrow pans out, but uh, I, I may do a guest spot there after uh, the game wraps up. Okay. And they said they start at uh, 10 p.m. Like, yeah. That's our time, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's 10, 10 Central, um, as uh, I'm definitely not going to be awake at 10 Pacific. <laughs> well, it might be. See, he said after the game, so... Oh yeah, it'll be ten here. It's it, they're in St. Louis, so it'll be seven o'clock start. It'll be yeah. Yeah, I think Chris did us a favor and uh, you know did the, did the math in local time for us. Cool. Yeah, I, I'll uh, yeah I'll go on if I can if I can get the kids to bed and if I can actually get to watch the game uh, in real time at some point before it ends. Then yeah, I'll, I'll jump on. Uh, I'll jump on Chris. I'll respond. He did say either of us. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, should we should we tell them it's a package deal? We're we're a package deal. Yeah, we're like Hitchcock and Armstrong. <laughs> I'll be Armstrong. God damn it! <laughs> you be Hitch. I don't know. You love him so much. Mm, love to hate. That's a love hate relationship. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, you know the the NHL rivalry night, the night you love to hate. <laughs> all right oh man you know the last time i was on their show after a blue after a, a, a matchup was in the playoffs and the blues won so hopefully that's the case and 
they were they were really somber when the Blues beat them that night, and, and I was on. They were just they were just a depressed bunch of Shark fans. It was a uh, was that the night that I happened to be in San Jose? Uh, it might have been, might have been. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was I was dreading going on the show if we had lost. <laughs> I was like, oh man, but uh, they won one of the two games. They won the series, so at least I was at least I was on for that. I can say that because they won the series. So they can, you know. Yeah, I take my. Like, so yeah, uh, I guess technology uh, uh, tomorrow night around uh, ten central. Uh, Bill and I will hopefully be on the show. So check that out, and that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out our friends over at the Beyond Checker Dome, Loose Chicklets, and Blues Hockey Podcasts. And of course, the uh, Drop Podcast, Drop Podcast, and the Toast Dispatch Podcast. Uh, the fine gentlemen who join us from time to time on this show. And be sure to stop by the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, when they open. And you can check out the website at bluenotesportsbarandgrill.com uh, for announcements on when they will open. So for Bill Day, I am Kurt Price, and also for the missing in action Jeff Pond this evening. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Beat San Jose. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.